All right, will you consider this, though? Maybe you want to write this down. Most memorable Easter ever. Most memorable Easter ever. Isn't this true? It's going to be the most memorable Easter ever. I mean, of course, as you think about all your best Easter's ever, you think back just a few years ago when we had, you know, 10 inches of fresh snow and we had to do the Easter egg hunt in the social hall rather than outside in the yard. Or maybe way back when I was a kid, I think of my best memory ever. Um, you know, this is before they invented the plastic eggs and we did hard-boiled eggs and dipped them in the vinegar stuff and colored them. And then those are the eggs that my mom would hide Easter morning. So it was always the best memory when we found the last egg a couple weeks later using our noses <laughs> to find that stinky egg that was still hidden behind the piano. I mean, those are best memories ever. But this year, this is going to go in the history books, worldwide, universal, most memorable Easter ever. So, today, I want to translate a few of our current COVID-19 experiences into Holy Week and to bring some of our experiences today into the story and the experience that Jesus had in the original Holy Week. So here's where we're going. Am I okay? Palm branches, of course. Abandoned and suspicious. First... Am I okay? You know, the last probably three or four weeks, I've noticed a new rhythm added to my morning. You know, my pattern for the past many, many years has been I wake up in the morning, put my feet flat on the floor, and say, good morning, God. I am here. You are here. Let's do today together. And that has been a very meaningful beginning to my day, and those words have been very deep in me. But lately, I've been noticing that as I wake up, I also breathe through my nose, hold my breath for 10 seconds, and test to see if my lungs are still okay. And maybe you've been doing this too, wondering with suspicion, am I okay? Do I have COVID-19? Am I waking up today and this is the symptoms day? You know, this mystery, have I been like infected for five days and I didn't know it and I've been passing this on to other people? Oh, there's a heaviness right now to wake up in the morning and wonder, am I okay? And to wonder, are you okay? To be suspicious about you. And to not want to pass on anything I don't even know I have to somebody else. So we have this lurking, do I have corona suspicion? But in this wondering about, am I okay? I've been also wondering, am I okay? I mean, emotionally, am I okay? Or relationally with people? I mean, I don't even see them, so how do I know if I'm okay with them or not? Or spiritually? You know, how is this affecting me and God and a connection to him and understanding him and trusting him? Or financially, am I okay? I mean, all these am I okay questions wake up with me in the morning. And I wonder for you, how are you doing? And where are you taking 
that question each day. Well, number two, of course, palm branches. Palm Sunday, we have to have palm branches. But Palm Sunday was the day that Jesus arrived in Jerusalem. Palm Sunday was this triumphal entry where it's the scene of a king arriving. And so before we read this passage from Matthew about the triumphal entry, I want to remind you of a couple of things. First, this is Jesus fulfilling prophecy. It says in the Old Testament that this this Messiah would come and would come like a king. And then second, Jesus is arriving like a king, riding, not walking. And back in those days, when the king would come into town, he would ride. And if he was riding on a war horse, that means war. And if the king was riding on a donkey, that meant peace. So there's deep symbolism in Jesus' entry coming into Jerusalem. So let me read the triumphal entry from Matthew's gospel. As they approached Jerusalem and came to Bethphage on the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two disciples saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you, and at once you will find a donkey tied there with her colt by her. Untie them, bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, say that the Lord needs them, and he will send them right away. This took place to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet. Say to daughter Zion, See, your king comes to you, gentle, riding on a donkey, and on a colt, the foal of a donkey. The disciples went and did as Jesus had instructed them. They brought the donkey and the colt and placed their cloaks on them for Jesus to sit on. And a very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road, while others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. The crowds that went ahead of him and those that followed shouted, Hosanna to the Son of David! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord! Hosanna in the highest heaven! And when Jesus entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred and asked, Who is this? And the crowds answered, This is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. So this morning, if you can try to imagine Jesus riding into Jerusalem on this donkey, the sign of the king arriving, and the people following Jesus, and the people are shouting out, these are the people perhaps who were around when Jesus just the week before raised Lazarus from the dead. These are the crowds of people who had seen Jesus do miracles. And now they are there welcoming Jesus into Jerusalem. And so they're taking their coats off, and they're laying them on the ground for the donkey to walk on. I mean, they're grabbing branches, cutting them from the trees, putting them on the ground. It's amazing. They're like welcoming Jesus in in this exciting way. Whoa, whoa, it's amazing. whoa, whoa. Tim, Tim, wait a minute. I'm, so, I'm sorry to interrupt your service, and we are live, but... Um, they were palm branches, and these do not look like palm branches to me. Uh, Matthew just said they just took branches from the trees, and, and I just, the kids helped me cut some tree branches, 
And this is what I had. So this and is Susie, there is a Palm Branch supply problem right now. <laughs> so this is from our ash tree in yeah. our backyard next door. Ah. Um, well, um, Tim, if, if uh, you know, I don't know if you know this, but in Israel, there are no ash trees. What? But there were palm trees, so they laid down palm branches. Do, do you mind if I just, for a minute, just... Uh, Most memorable okay. Easter ever. <laughs> So Matthew says they cut branches, but they cut branches that were palm branches. There are no ash trees in Israel. They were palm branches, and palm branches are special because they are symbolic. Um, In Jesus' day, palm branches symbolized goodness and well-being and grandeur, steadfastness and victory. Palm branches were actually printed on the coins. They were carved into the walls and the doors. Um, Palm branches were often used for festive occasions. Uh, They represented joy and triumph. So when kings were welcomed in, palm branches were waved and put down to cover the road. (laughs) So the palm branches part, that's like kind of important. So I just, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt your most memorable Palm Sunday ever. So Jesus entered Jerusalem on a donkey, very symbolic, on top of coats and palm branches, very symbolic. Maybe you knew that. And the people are shouting, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And that's a quote from Psalm 118. And you can imagine in this crowd of people, some judgment going on. Maybe some of the similar feelings of judgment we know these days. You know, some people are coming to see Jesus and they believe. Some people are coming to Jesus and they have hope that he truly is something special. But there's other people in the crowd and they're suspicious about Jesus. They're wondering, who is this guy? Is he going to upset things? Is he going to upset the Romans? And the Romans are going to come and oppress us more? Some saw Jesus as a threat. And that sense of judgment was present on Palm Sunday. The people were excited for a Messiah because they were looking for one. And they were hoping Jesus would be it. All right, three, abandoned. Such a hard word, abandoned. But this past week, have you felt abandoned? You know, I know we have these mandates to shelter in place, to social distance, to stay six feet away. And has any of this made you feel abandoned? You know, logically, I know in our heads, we know, okay, yes, this this is the rules. This is for safety. This is for health. This is to, you know, smash the curve. We know this in our heads But in our hearts and our emotions, our feelings feel alone. Our feelings feel left out. Our feelings feel abandoned. And I don't know for you in your daily rhythm of life how much attention you need every day. 
you know, attention. How much do you need people to pay attention to you, to notice you, to see you, to talk to you, to appreciate you, to just know that you exist? How much attention do you need in your normal day? And then when you take that amount and compare it to this amount you're getting these days sheltering at home, I imagine that amount has dropped off significantly. So you can imagine being at work. I can imagine some of you in your places of cubicles and whatnot where you go into work and there's all these small interactions all throughout the day. You know, people you see and just ask a question and get a quick answer. You are interacting and getting feedback. You're getting all this attention that you're doing your work, you're there, you're needed. And then here, sheltering at home, working at home, all those little interactions have dropped off. And without all those little touch points of connection with humans, we start to wonder, does anybody notice me? Does anybody even know I'm doing my work? Does anybody even know that I exist? Maybe you feel abandoned. Well, Jesus felt abandoned too. And on Palm Sunday, of course, it's this beginning day, this huge crowd, this triumphal entry, an excitement. And that's just the beginning of the progression of abandonment. I mean, where's this big crowd a few days later? You know, the cheering had stopped, and now the cheering of the crowd shifted to a different group who was saying, crucify him, crucify him. Or think about Jesus' very best friends, the disciples. Think about them, and they're abandoning Jesus. You know, Jesus asks them to come out and pray with him. Just pray and watch with me. And what do they do? They fall asleep. Three times, Jesus says, hey, guys, please pray with me. What do they do? Fall asleep. And then after that time of prayer, you know, the, the officials come to arrest Jesus. And at first, yeah, Peter pulls out a sword and takes action. But then they all run away. This is what Mark wrote about that moment of the arrest. Then everyone, everyone deserted him and fled. Everyone deserted him and fled. This movement, this progression of abandonment from a huge crowd cheering him on to being alone. In this moment right now for us gathered, scattered, we're sheltering at home, we're social distancing, perhaps this is a never-before experience of abandonment that we can bring into our Holy Week experience to connect perhaps with Jesus in his experience of Holy Week. I hope that we can bring ourselves to the story in a new way this Easter, to understand something more and to take hold of something that God has for us in the deeper feelings where God can meet us there. So, 
if you're feeling abandoned, hear God's promise, God's faithful promise written way back in Deuteronomy 31, verse 6, where God says, Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them. For the Lord, your God, goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Take that in, that God will never leave you nor forsake you. And if you're feeling abandoned, reach out. Call someone, email someone, text someone, write someone a letter. Because I imagine that someone is feeling abandoned too and would be so encouraged by you reaching out. We still get to be God's people together during this time. And last, number four, suspicious. Maybe suspicious is also something we can bring to our most memorable Easter ever Holy Week experience. You know, as there was this large crowd of people waving palm branches, there was also another large crowd in the back, off to the side, who was silently looking on suspicious. They were wondering, who is this Jesus? You know, what, what is he up to? You know, do the Romans know about this? Because we don't want them to get, uh, get upset and start oppressing us more. You know, how is this Jesus going to be a, a threat to our security, our position, our status? And maybe you know something about suspicious right now as well. You know, my experience of suspicious began when we were in Israel just a few weeks ago when Corona started kind of taking over the world. You know, at first we noticed that, you know, our group would get this big wide berth. Everybody would move off to the side so we could walk by. And then we started noticing people as we walked by covering their faces as we walked by. And then we started people actually saying and pointing, Corona, Corona. They were suspicious of us. Obviously, we were outsiders. We were coming there, and maybe we were bringing with us Corona, and we would be sharing it with them. And they were afraid, legitimately. And since then, this experience has continued. You know, I'm out on a walk, on a hike with my kids, and as people come, they get off the trail, and they cover their faces and let us go by. Suspicious is an undercurrent in all of our thoughts these days. You know, we are suspicious for ourselves. You know, I don't know. Have I been infected, but I just haven't shown symptoms yet? Have you been infected? You haven't shown symptoms yet, so I need to be afraid of you. I'm suspicious. It's very strange. And we as humans seem to have this natural tendency for suspicion to, to grow, for it to start with this place of, well, maybe that person is infected. You know, an understandable suspicion. But our minds keep going. <laughs> we can't stop there because our minds then just continue to grow it, thinking, 
ooh, that person is dangerous. No, actually, that person is bad. Ooh, ooh, that person's my enemy. Suspicious. And do you know what Jesus said about your enemy? Jesus said, love them. Love your enemy. There's this huge invitation in this place of suspicion to also not let suspicion take over, but to continue to hold ourselves open to God, to God's love, and to others. You know, right now, as we do the right social distancing and the safe things, just like we do all the driving rules so that we keep everybody on the road safe, we're going to keep those rules, and we're going to try to get through this in those safe ways. And we are going to keep ourselves open to love others. You know, Jesus gave us this golden rule, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. And we keep that rule still today. And always, not just now, but always, we need God's love to fill us first so that we can then give that love to others, to love our neighbors. And so we receive and get from God all that we need in order to remain open for our suspicions to not grow inordinately, and for us to keep giving so that this world continues to know that God is here, God is love, and we are going to make it through this time together with God. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, your goodness is present. Protect us from being judgmental. Protect us from being suspicious. Protect us from inordinately getting afraid. We trust that you will keep us safe. We trust that you will keep us and move us through this time together and stronger because of it. God, may you be glorified in all that we think, all that we say, and all that we do. And we depend on your grace to accomplish all that. Pray this in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.